Karen Bhatia. I graduated from science in 1994. I grew up in Flushing, Queens. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. What do you remember, if anything, about your first day or first couple days at science? I remember the commute. Mm. <laughs> That's the first thing that I remember from science. Uh, I would generally commute there either taking the public bus, uh, that was the X32, which was the express bus, or uh, especially when I did after school activities, I would commute. There was a period in which I was on the tennis team mm. where I would take the D train or else we would take other public buses, the 44 to the 22. So we figured out a lot of different yeah. uh, permutations <laughs> of how to get home or to school and so on. Where you could shave two minutes off if you transferred here and jumped from the overpass onto exactly. the bus. It's a good move. Um you mentioned the, this is just out of curiosity because the tennis team hasn't really come up except for one person. Where did you guys play? Van Cortland Park, mm-hmm. but we'd walk down Mashalu Parkway to go mm-hmm. to Van Cortland Park. I remember that because uh, uh, soon afterwards, I mean, when I graduated and I went to college, a lot of people were joking around about how we didn't really have a lot of uh, sports facilities mm-hmm. at science. So <laughs> I thought it was commonplace that, yeah. that uh, students in high school people actually commuted. commuted to try to figure out <laughs> to get to tennis courts or that they, I didn't even know what homecoming was when I went to college. So (laughs) I actually do remember a story very early on when I stayed after school. This was for, um, I think it was like the, I don't remember the official title, but it was like the Indian Association Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. I stayed after school for that. And I remember walking out of the building and there was no one around. And I was, I was petrified. I had no idea what I was doing and where I was going. Um, And I just remember running behind a bunch of students students um, who I didn't know. And I was just pretending I was kind of part of their pack and follow, mm-hmm. following them to the train station. Yeah. So once I got more comfortable with you know how to get to and from school, I felt a lot more uh, at ease at, at Bronx Science. You develop a great sense of street smarts, especially mm-hmm. when you're commuting to the to the school, you know, and, you know, kids came from all over the city right. to commute to the school. So, you know, when you're by yourself and it's, you know, later in the evening, it's dark outside and you're trying to figure out how to get home and so on. Um, some of the fears that I had perhaps were rational, some were perhaps irrational, mm-hmm. but it helped me develop a great sense of street smarts and, uh, you know, a sense of who's around you and how to protect yourself and, you know, things of that nature. But it started at an early age where I think it's, it's a wonderful, um, skill set to have. And I think it's great in any city that you're in, Mm. but, uh, you know, when you're developing those, those skill sets at, you know, 13, 14 years old or however old you are, uh, you know, there's a level, I think of, of heightened fear the, Mm. you know, as opposed to perhaps an adult too. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it, part of that has to do with the moment in the city in which you're making that commute. That's right. Um, were there particular warnings that you got, whether it was from family members or friends, or did you know anyone who was an older student at science and get a little bit of a lay of the land? Or you know, how much were you just figuring out that on your own? I think it was a combination of both. So I had, um, my brother went to science, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there. We didn't overlap. He's much older. Another cousin of mine as well. She's much older. So she didn't, uh, we didn't overlap. I had another cousin of mine who was three years older. So we did overlap by a year, but I think it was more a sense of um, information that you got from peers, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of ours from school who was saying that um, he was walking to the train station and uh, some kids approached him and, uh, you know, it seemed like they were about to cause some trouble for him. <clears throat> and so he started speaking in another language and they got confused, you know? It's <laughs> a great move. I'm following that one away. That's an awesome move. I actually did that once as well, but really? not in science, but later on. Did it work? 
It did work. Beautiful. It was not phenomenal. I confused the person who was trying to mug me and <laughs> I was able to run to the police. <laughs> so there are definitely some skill sets yeah. that you learn. But, you know, it was it was a lot of it was just, you know, from people that I was around and went to school with. Mm. So you're a little bit more comfortable. You're a little settled in. Let's go into the classroom. Um, are there any particular teachers or classes that stand out as particularly memorable for you? They do. Um, a number of them. I really... It, Funny enough, I really enjoyed mechanical drafting. Um, that was one of the classes. I'm one of probably the few people who did, but mm -hmm. I love that class. Um, but the teacher that really stood out to me was a teacher that I had for AP Spanish literature my mm -hmm. senior year, Mr. Sanchez. Mm -hmm. It was really one of the classes in which I was able to combine not only the language skills that you need, of course, but it was the critical thinking that was involved in really understanding literature. Mm -hmm. um, it was a phenomenal class. It really took me to another level in terms of trying to understand um, deeper meanings behind uh, literature and yeah, any particular examples of that that stand out right now I'm a lawyer and mm -hmm. I, I the way that I write and the way that I read is very different a very different type of skill set than the way that literature class was but you know to this day I can remember a lot of the um, books that we read a lot of the poems that we read you know Federico Garcia Lorca, you know, mm -hmm. I can even remember some of the poems, which mm -hmm. is, I don't have a very good memory. So the, the you know, uh, you know, a poem that starts off, um, and I remember them in Spanish. I remember books by Borges also. We'll do just, a full recitation at the end. Oh, or, absolutely. Yeah. We can do that later. The quiz is coming, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was very, it was very, um, sensory as mm. well. So it's not only that you were reading it and there was critical thinking involved, but I remember he really pushed us to say, okay, well, on the surface, this is what it says. He's talking about colors. He's talking about labyrinths, but what do the labyrinths symbolize? What do they mean? He really pushed us to go a lot deeper in terms of the context, in terms of the history, in terms of the uh, writer. And uh, I, you know, like I said, it was just a very different way of thinking. And mm. in my everyday work that I'm doing right now. It's a very different way, like I said, of writing and of reading, but it really um, pushed me in a way that I hadn't really um, yeah. been pushed before. And maybe it's a reach, but that sounds like even though the reading style and the kind of critical thinking style is different, it seems like that could be something that the joy and like parsing and finding the space and the meaning between the words and the different ways around it Absolutely. seems like it transfers to now. Absolutely. Yeah. The way that he really um, encouraged us to read was to you know, be able to smell what they were mm -hmm. smelling or, or taste what they were tasting, you know? So it, it took you to kind of a heightened sense of like artistic appreciation as mm -hmm. well, you know? So I think that it translates not only into the professional context, but also it translates to just, you know, having a deeper appreciation of art and of nature and of things around mm -hmm. us, you know, in, in a kind of a larger context. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm thinking about like, you know, in some ways it's being studious. It's actually teaching you to be present. Absolutely. Um, is that something, this is a little bit down the road, but is that something that like now when you think of how you walk through the world is a priority? Absolutely. It's a huge priority and it's something that I try to practice. Mm. Uh, it's hard, you yeah. know, it's it's hard to sometimes not uh, focus on the future or think about the past and to really just appreciate the moment as it is. But, you know, just like today, it's such a gorgeous day mm. outside, but being able to look up and see the blue sky and just think about it's it's so warm in the sun, you could feel the warmth beating down on you, but at the same time in the shade, it feels wonderful. But just to experience that small, those like small daily treasures, mm. um, I think a lot of that has to come with that presence and that appreciation for those just, you know, recognizing or, or just even feeling those senses, you know, yeah. um, that presence is a, is a big priority. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We're talking about this in the middle of Midtown in a basement, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I think there's something about the way this city functions, at least for me. And, you know, as someone who is left and when I come back, I, it all takes different forms. But specifically where we are right now in the middle of Midtown, it's really, really, really hard to do that. I mean, I could see in one way the the pace of it in the rush and just the way the city functions would make it harder to do that because you're trying to get from point A to point B, but also the 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 pace and the like the humanity of the city could make it easier. Have you lived anywhere other than New York? I have. So uh, I was born in Brazil. Mm. Um, so I lived there for a few years before we came to the U.S. I'm a I'm a New York kid. I mean, mm. every time I find myself going somewhere else, I gravitate back to New York. But in relation to your question, in regards to you know being in Midtown Manhattan, the yeah. pace of the city, whether that can really distract you from being present and appreciating, it definitely can. I think that you know with um, the stresses of life, work, the pace of people's lives, and so on, it can be very difficult to just keep focused and, yeah. and appreciate what's around you. But I think that New York has such a special presence, and that is there's such diversity here in every aspect that you can imagine, that when you are able to just stop and look around and see who's around you, what's around you, I actually see so much humanity here mm. in New York that it's so touching to me and yeah. just, you know, the smallest of ways. And, you know, I know that New York has this reputation of being a really hard city, people being very rude. I've found quite the opposite. And, you know, every time I've seen someone stop someone else and ask for directions, when I've done it as well, you know, I've had people say, come follow me and I'll walk alongside them and right. they're showing me where to go. <laughs> so I see that that presence and that, you know, kind of reaching out and lending a hand in so many ways. Connecting that to science, you, you mentioned in that class learning how to do that. Were there people that you, whether it was students or other teachers or anyone else that you learned to kind of uh, ask for directions in different ways from? Yeah, I would say that for as much as uh, science was stressful, and I think that there was a, just a feeling of everybody wanting to ex ex exceed expectations mm -hmm. and succeed as well, I think there was a great um, you know, sense of camaraderie. There was a healthy sense of competition, but at the same time, I do think that there was a great sense of just assisting one another too. Mm. That's the experience that I had. Before we wrap up, um, any last thoughts or ideas or memories or anything that you want to make sure gets included in this? I mean, I, overall, I would say that just science was such an incredible experience for me in so many different ways. I grew tremendously. It was a hard experience too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're a teenager at that point and it's, uh, you know, I don't have any other high school experience, so it's something that I can't really compare to in other ways, but uh, I think it, it had a tremendous influence in pushing me um, to really go outside of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I, I experimented with a variety of different activities, which was wonderful for me. Um, and like I said, the education that I had was not confined to the classroom. It was in my colleagues, you know, interacting with my teachers. Um, it was also in just really interacting with the city in a mm -hmm. new way that was just phenomenal. And I'm very proud of, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's, a, you know, New York City is a place that just has a tremendous, um, you can learn so much from the city and so much from the people mm -hmm. as well. And just like you said, I think that sense of just um, I don't know. Ironically, I think that New York City has a tremendous sense of community and a lot of pride um, and, and a lot of people taking care of each other, too, you know, just looking out for each other. And that probably sounds ironic to a lot, especially for people from outside the city. No, but, but the <laughs> listeners get it. Yeah. You guys get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it was just a tremendous experience. And I can say also 
you know, my, my other family members, including my brother, you know, it was, it was a very formative experience for all of us. Mm. It gave us tremendous opportunities and, uh, um, I think a tremendous leg up in one of the beauties I think about a lot of these public schools, especially schools like Bronx sciences, you have a lot of students who are first generation, who are immigrants who come to this country. And it's such a phenomenal, um, opportunity to go to these schools yeah. and to really work hard, but to have the advantages that come from this kind of an education. And it really helps us tremendously. So it, it sounds cliche, but it's really helps, I think, materialize or, right. or realize the American dream right. for a lot of students. For all of its challenges, it actually creates pathways for upward mobility for Absolutely. second, first and second generation folks. Absolutely. And that's increasingly rare to find. It is. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, I, I, so appreciate the opportunities that Bronx Science gave to me that, you know, when I'm uh, asked or able to do so to participate in activities mm-hmm. through, to Bronx for, for Bronx Science, whether it's college fairs to, you know, whenever there are opportunities for me to help Bronx Science, I'm more than happy to do so. I feel like there's a sense of responsibility of giving back because I got so much. Even if it means sitting in a basement on a beautiful day. Yes. <laughs> <a little while. laughs> 